This is an Anami podcast. Hello, angels. Welcome back. I hope your week is going well. Uh, I hope you uh, can take a breath right now and uh, just, um, you know, get a little present. Just be here with me. Um, this episode is, uh, man. Enjoy this one, you know. Uh, this today on the pod, I have my friend Hunter March. He's a, a host, a podcast host, uh, an actor, a handsome fellow, now a stand-up comedian. I've known him for some years, and it was a pleasure to sit down and talk with him today. He is a silly boy, and we. Uh, we make a lot of jokes this episode. Hunter's uncomfortable with vulnerability is what I'm trying to say. Hunter doesn't, he, he's uncomfortable with, um, you know, the sweet spots, the vulnerability, the tenderness that we've all grown accustomed, accustomed to on this show. So he was a little um, hesitant, you know, a little defensive to come on. He said, he said he, he, he's not going to fall for any of my, my tricks, which uh, for me is just called having a conversation. I'm not trying to trick anybody. Uh, but no, we, we got into some great stuff. Um, <laughs> we joke a lot. We talk about the um, empowerment of working out and the lessons you can learn for your life. Uh, we talk about the routines that Hunter was able to put in place that helped stabilize a difficult time in his life and allowed him to kind of pull through it and uh, increase his confidence, capability, all the things. Uh, that was actually a really fascinating part of the conversation. And, um, and then we also avoid uh, all the vulnerable spots in uh, Hunter's life. <laughs> um, enjoy this talk. He's got a podcast called Friends Without Benz. Um, he's got a new Spotify podcast. He's going to host the new Netflix uh, season of Blown Out, did he say it was called? It's a glass-blowing show. I should have looked it up before I did this intro. It's okay. Uh, get to know and love, just like I do, Hunter March. I've been living in the shadows. All right. Uh, let's make a podcast, Hunter. That's why I drove 45 minutes. My man, I know. We're both on the west side. <laughs> this studio, it, it's always a drive. Uh, it's it, worth it. Thank you. Why don't you just record at my, you can record at my house. I have the full setup. Well, what the hell? Producers? Ramey? We're coming to your house tomorrow. Okay. You're welcome to. <laughs> Hunter March. Uh, it's great to see you. It's been a minute. It's nice to see you too. Uh, for those listening, you can't see, but I'm wearing a very stylish jacket from probably the late 80s, early 90s, reversible snow jacket. I don't yeah, even know. Windbreaker. It's just, it's, it's thick. It's thick yeah. and I'm sweating in it, but uh, I borrowed this from Hunter about two years ago and I'm just giving it back. This is the mo. this is, by the way, I'm going to leave after this. <laughs> this is why I came was for the jacket. Yeah. I've held it hostage for a couple years. I'm sweating so much. I can't wear this on the pod. I, it's These, like, you just didn't want, <gasps> now I have a sweaty jacket for yeah, the joke, but it's okay. It. Enjoy it. No, yeah, just you. tuck that away there. Yeah, it's nice. No, I'm I'm a fresh boy. Yeah, you smell good. Yeah, you know. Um, mm. thanks for thanks for coming, man. It's been a minute. I know. It has been a while. How are I'm, you? I'm really good. 
Yeah. Really good. I like that. Yeah, I know your podcast is like, uh, it gets deep and stuff, but just so you know, not me. You know, I did that once. I had like one period where like I was doing podcasts and I was like, I'll be vulnerable. No, fuck that. Never again. <laughs> I'm like, that's not my thing. Before you ask like, oh, what's your fears? Um, just don't even, okay? <laughs> I look, I listen to those podcasts and like the couple interviews I did during that time period, I was like, oh, I should be more in touch with my... N- stupid. <laughs> I'm glad you're addressing this. Right? I I, I didn't want to wait yeah. for you to start asking me what my relationship with my father's like. Yeah, so I, what, what is your relationship with your father? Really bad. <laughs> No, it's good. <laughs> I've met your father. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. No, see, that's the thing. Everything is going to be... Everything's uh, fine. Everything's good, man. Well, great interview, bud. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, actually, I actually assumed that you assumed my goal on this podcast is to like dig into your, your insides, which I, it's not. It's not... Well, I'd let you get in my insides, but it's <laughs> it's the emotional stuff that's really what I'm worried about. Okay. Uh, it's not even that I'm worried about it. I just did it once, and I thought to myself, you know what? And even people like DM me being like, hey, listen to that podcast where you opened up about this or this, and it really helped me. And I was like, <laughs> don't care. I am never doing that again. Uh, I hope you like jokes, because that's what I'm going to do moving forward. I listened to it back, and I'm like... What do you think you're fucking Socrates? Shut the <laughs> fuck up, dude! I love this. Uh, I we got reconnected in an acting class, right? I met you. Yeah. You interviewed me when you worked for Awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. This is the most LA story ever of two people interacting. No, there's probably more. There's probably more LA stories. You I know, met it's you like, interviewing you from the TV show yeah. you were on when I was working at a YouTube channel. No, there, there's more LA stories. There's like, there's like, uh, we were in that uh, yoga class together, and then I saw you in Tulum. I did coke off your dick. That's the LA what story. What am I allowed to say on this podcast? You're literally allowed to say anything. Okay. It's called Growing Up with Devin, and I'm Devin. So. All right. There's no rules, man. Okay, fine. So you listeners, said that. buckle up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, our LA story, we met, you interviewed me for Awesomeness TV. Yeah. I yeah. sang a cute little song and we met and said, oh, that's hey, right. hey, we're both nice boys. And then I didn't see you for many years and I saw you in an acting class. Now, well, histo- when I interviewed you, there's always this interesting dynamic between the interviewer and the interviewee where there's an innate power dynamic in that I'm interviewing you because here's the thing. Everybody interviewing people wishes they were on the other side of the red carpet. Mm. We may not have the skills. We may not like for, I'm not a good singer, but I, I can do, I don't do acting, but I could, if someone, if only someone were to give me the chance. Um, (laughs) But I, you know, like for me, hosting has been the thing, right? And hosting most of the time you are, you know, kind of talking to the celebrity in a way. So there was this power dynamic. And then when I saw you in an acting class, Years later, I was like, back to square one, I guess, big guy. Look at us. Equal playing fields, motherfucker. I'm not the interviewer now, bitch. Yeah. Looks like we're both trying to get work. Oh, look. We're both struggling. (laughs) But it was, yeah, yeah, it was so nice seeing you in that class. You were the same sweetheart that uh, I remember. So it was lovely. And you uh, were such a nice person when you were an interviewer. And then I saw you in acting class and I was like, this guy's a fucking asshole. (laughs) Yeah. You have to be really nice when you interview people. You have to. You have to be fake nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because like when I grew up, I wasn't really likable. You know, I was like, really? I, 
Oh, I see what you're doing. Um, no, I just, I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. And so then I became a TV host and my mom was like, isn't it weird that you went from, you know, you chose a job that the only qualification is to be likable. But yet when you were growing up, you weren't really likable. I was like, well, who said that? Yeah. What, what did you say, mom? Yeah. I wasn't likable. Yeah. News to me. Was it news to you? No, I had a birthday party nobody showed up to. How old? I see what you're doing. No, no I'm genuinely curious. How old <laughs> I were was you? Like seventh or eighth grade. Oh, that's tragic. That's tragic. That's that also just surprises me because you're like it's a not very because so you're like a very. <laughs> it surprises me because you're like a very likable individual. So. Now I am because I had to learn. I went through a lot of trial and error of trying to make people laugh and then offending certain people or just annoying <laughs> a lot of people okay. and then learning what all the boundaries were. So now when I do comedy or hosting. I can go right up to the edge almost every time, and I know the edge so well. Mm. I have towed the edge yeah. for the majority of my life, and for the first half of my life, I was just jumping straight over the, over edge. the edge. And people were like, I'm not going to his birthday party. Totally. He's over the line. I, well, they. I also checked the invite, and the address that I wrote on the invite was right. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you really teed me up there. I thought you were going to say it was wrong, and that was why. No, it's because they didn't like you. Okay. Yeah. We did live far from the school. Okay. It was like a three-minute walk. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? In the school. <laughs> no. I grew up in the Valley, uh, Los Angeles. Oh, you're a Valley kid. Yeah, I'm a Valley boy. Uh, half the time I was in, like, Northridge with my mother, Porter Ranch, that area. Yep. So, like, nice part of the Valley. And then with my dad, we were in the bad side of the Valley. What's the bad side? Uh, like Canoga Park, uh, Woodland Hills, but like next to Triple X, the strip club that you see all the signs in LA for, that was like behind our house. Like here's wow. like we weren't poor, poor, but I will say we did eat the hot dogs at Seven Eleven regularly. That's so things weren't good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it, got it. Yeah. So you're born and raised LA. It's yeah. That's that's uh. What that makes you? sense to me. Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. then L.A., since yeah. I was like 11. Child actor? You know it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. See, here's the other thing is I know that like when people, especially someone like me who does interviews and hosting, my inclination is always to ask questions. But now that I've been on the other side where like people then try and ask me, I just know I had to cut all the shit out. I've said this 400 times on this podcast. Everybody knows. So I'm going to try my hardest not to care just about your life. Not to send me questions back. No, you yeah. can. Okay. You know, these listeners, who knows if they've listened to every episode. You know what I mean? I can answer it the same every time. That's a good point. There's probably some new listeners coming from like, you know, me. You. Maybe like, I think two. You've got, you've got like two fans. I've got two fans. Mom and dad. <laughs> My dad does not watch anything I do. <laughs> okay. Um, you have a podcast as well. I've got two right now, actually. What's this? I know Friends with Benefits. What's Friends without Benz. Friends without uh, Benz. So you missed one part of the middle word and then you missed one part of the second yeah. word. Um, <laughs> and what do you, uh, really? I'm well prepared, man. Uh, and then the I'm other a serious one, podcast host. Yeah, that one is a fun one. That's like a relationship love line south thing where we take calls and our our tagline's pretty good. It's because we don't, we don't want to seem like we know what we're doing. So our tagline is you may not come away better, but you will come. I, <laughs> I love it. So if you are listening to this and you want to listen to really funny calls from people about their problems and their relationships or their lives, and then me and my really funny co-host, Alex, she's incredible. Yeah. We answer that. You can listen to that. It's, it's very good. amusing. It's super. It, we actually have a great time doing it. It's one of those projects where I'm losing money every week and I <laughs> still do it. I love that. 
True passion project. There is net. We haven't made a dime. <laughs> Fire. Fire. Yeah. Good Everything's job. on Good fire. Good job, dude. You're, like. you're super successful. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one is uh, one I just kind of got announced this week. It's called Pitch Perfect. Or no, it's called The Perfect Pitch. Um, and it's about like the world of audio advertising. And I'm hosting this like sh- kind of like uh, Shark Tank style show where like big brands come in like a CMO of Indeed or Athletic Greens. And they say, hey, this is what we're looking for. And then these two teams of audio engineers and sound designers come in and try and make the perfect ad. Huh. And so they're competing against each other each episode. And it's just a cool way to look at the things we hear every day yeah. in podcasts and yeah. on Spotify and everything. And then you hear them and you're like, oh, yeah, how would you make this better? Like, I think we've all heard a bad one and gone, who would want this? Yeah. Or you've heard a good one and went, I want to buy that product. This kind of looks at that. I like that. I mean, we're sponsored by AG1. Are you? Yeah. It's a great brand. I love I love AG1. I know. I love AG1. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that is cool, uh, like getting the insight into that because literally it's part of my life now is like yeah. making these ads and working totally. with these companies. Cool. You like doing that? Yeah, I love it. I mean, they're paying me right now, so... Pay, I have to say getting, getting paid is cool, but I will say I actually love doing the podcast. It's always really interesting to talk to people who are just really good at what they do. So yes. like even the CMOs of the company, not a lot of people grow up being like, I want to be the chief, chief marketing, marketing officer, officer. <laughs> yeah. but to see someone who like is so good at creative uh, endeavors or business or whatever, and get to that level of a major company is, and you get to talk to them and just kind of pepper them with questions. It's really a unique opportunity. Yeah, that's good insight, like just for you personally, even though great. You also make money and it's a podcast. Great. Totally. I get to do. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, Fire. And yeah, what I want to say earlier was we met in an acting class and acting classes are typically, you know, everyone's indulgent with their emotions. That's why we're there. We're there to we're there to get into things. Right. And Hunter is like, I don't do that. (laughs) Hunter's literally paying to be in an acting class. And he's like, nah. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 I tried. It's not like I was just like, no, I'm not going to do it. But the guy would be like, Hunter, I want you to be angry. I'd be like, I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> but I'm not angry. <laughs> yeah, I just, I wasn't angry at the time. And then I couldn't do sadness until I went through a break, like a hard breakup. And then for like a two, three months, I was able to channel it. I was going, I could get cries going pretty easily. But now, before again, you, Before you walled it. it back up yep, again. I was like, I don't like this before at all. Before you sealed it back up tight. <laughs> yeah. Because mm. the crying and stuff, it's a cool skill in one job and one job only. And that's acting. <laughs> and even not all acting, you know? Uh, anger, same thing. It's like, yeah, if you can get angry whenever you want, that's good for acting, acting. or maybe fighting. Yeah. I'm not doing either yeah. uh, regularly. Yeah. Hosting, the only thing you got to train is your smile muscles. You know, yeah. you got to kind of be a dork the whole time. That's true. You worked for E for a long time hosting. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. I did that for 650 episodes. That is a lot of episodes. Yeah. That's a lot. That is a lot of episodes. Over how many years? Four years. Four years, 650 episodes. We were doing four a week for the majority of that time. So, yeah. And then uh, it ended and we were all kind of happy. Like, we were all like, this has been a long time. We only got two weeks off a year. Right. Like, this is nice. Let's go travel and stuff. And then it ended right before the winter, which is obviously a dark time for people in the entertainment industry. Yeah. Not a lot of work coming your way. And then I was like, this was fun. Now I want to kill myself. <laughs> I'd like a job, please. Yeah. Uh, so that was, uh, but then I got, I got really in shape. I just, I built a lot of habits and routines because I had free time. Okay. 
uh, and also distracted me from the darkness that was brewing inside my head. Okay. And then I got absolutely yoked compared to what I normally was. I'm still a skinny boy, but no, like you're yoked. I put on some muscle. I've, which seen, nice. I've seen your thirst traps. Dude, and, you should and see I my was thirsty right now. It's we so it meaty. I'll show you a photo <laughs> right now. Wait till you see. Okay. I want I want you to see what my ass looks like before and after these last like. Serve it up here, Papa. Okay. <laughs> Let me see it, Hunter. So this is even the first one. the The darker one is like, oh. But look how look at my bubble butt, dude. Yeah, dude. I've got like a little like Polish pancake ass. So I'm a little jealous of the of the bubble you're working with. Show the producer. So. So you're doing. You're doing um, specific. The, the one on the right. left is still big, but the one on the right is me tightening everything up. It's Here, like wait, making on, it. On, do it on Hunter's camera. It'll be even closer to the camera. Oh yeah, look, Hunter's face and then his bubble ass right here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Are you? So you're doing specific ass exercises? Yeah, I was doing. I was like the only guy using the um, you know, uh, single. Glute, glute kickback amazing not a lot of dudes using that machine and i was just going hard at well because i had back surgery last year okay and i needed to avoid ever another back surgery so strengthening my core and my posterior chain and everything was important was important but now my ass is so big that doctors are saying i might need to get back surgery just to make room for more ass <laughs> To carry that dumpy around? Yeah, need, they said they uh, want to get surgery. rid of like two or three discs because it looks like it's just crawling up my back. <laughs> um, holy shit. Why, why'd you get surgery? Did you have an injury or like just a chronic thing? No, I just wanted attention. Mm. And I got it. Yeah? Big time. People babied you? Oh, yeah. Dude, when I... Well, hey, I'll tell you the story because I, I had a bad disc. And so they were like, you can get surgery. It'd probably fix it, but it's a big decision to make. You know, you're, it's your spine. It's your spine. Yeah. They go in through the front. They move your organs to the side. They scrape out your disc. They, they go in through a, the front? Yeah, I got a cool little C-section scar that women have not found very relatable. And I thought we would all connect on that. <laughs> like I'm like, I get it. They move my organs too. And they're like, no, they don't dude, care. It's, not, it's also, not the same. Also, I'm 25 and I haven't had a kid. Like, why totally. are you talking to me, Hunter? Also, 25? <laughs> Not dating women that old. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're following in the Leo DiCaprio book, I'm huh? 32. The last girl that I was seeing, 27. That's that's about the you, right. Because maturity-wise, we're about the same age. There you go. Um, anyway, so I... Oh, I just got canceled. Anyway, I... Um, <laughs> just now. I was due... I got the back surgery and then the doc, the, the only potential side effect of this particular back surgery that I got was uh, a side effect called retrograde ejaculation. This is true. And so the doctor told me that and I was like, what did you just say, man? Because yeah, it what? sounded like you said retrograde <laughs> ejaculation yeah. from going... Cutting into my... For my spine. He yeah. goes, yeah, there's a nerve that we can accidentally cut and if we cut it, uh, you would basically not be able to come out of your penis anymore. You would come directly into your own stomach because the thing that directs it out of your urethra would be severed. <laughs> and I said, what does that mean? He goes, basically, you would be good girling yourself for the rest of your life. You'd be drinking it like a good little girl. That's what the doctor said to me. 
<laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not a professional doctor. That's, no. And I said, you can't say that. He goes, what are you going to do about it? Kiss me? And so, no. But it, it's true. So that was, uh, he didn't say the good girl thing, but he did say everything else. And I was like, okay, I got to think about this. And I Googled, I literally Googled and called sperm banks. And I was like, hey, or like uh, freezing places. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I'd love to freeze my sperm. And they're like, okay, well, you need a doctor's note. Like, and I was like, I can get that. Uh, they're like, it's also like $1,000 plus monthly fees. And that's when I remembered, I already have a freezer at home. <laughs> so if you think you got lucky and found some extra toaster strudel icing packets, you didn't. I'm going to be very careful when I'm in your freezer. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I decided, I found out that they could still get sperm out of your uh, body without, even if you, even if this happens, they can still pull it out. Kind of like in vitro fertilization. They could get in there. Like, they could find it. They could pull the eggs. They could pull the sperm, everything. Okay. And... um. Then I was like, okay, let's do the surgery. It was a one to two percent chance that this that this could thing happen. Happens. And so I did the surgery. And how'd I, you come out? I woke up when I asked the doctor. I was like, Doc, how'd I do? And he goes, You did really well. And I'm like, No, 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 no. no. Can I? Can I come? Can I come? And he's like, uh, We won't know until you come. But we don't recommend you have sex for four weeks or masturbate for even like a week or two because one, your incision is right above your private parts. Two, you're on opioids. Three, you have nerve blockers in all of your like spine and groin and everything Woof. we don't even think you'll be able to masturbate if you tried and i said did i tell you how to do your job <laughs> <laughs> i don't think hey, listen we all put in hey, our bud. ten thousand hours man <laughs> hey bud and so i went home that day <laughs> and it was one of the most painful experiences of my life i it was Literally the worst thing I've ever done. It was like trying to pump up a bouncy house with a basketball pump. <laughs> like it never felt like it was going to end. I was sweating. But you needed to know. Yeah. You I were like, like, I'm not waiting to find out. I was not. I couldn't wait to find out. I was so I'm scared. I'm a retrograde ejaculator. Yeah, that I have to tell women from now on. It's, like, it's not you. I don't come. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. Um, so then. Wouldn't uh, you like to like actually say that for once instead of be told it totally totally <laughs> great and then uh i came and i was like this is amazing I, I felt so good but then i i thought i fucked up my back like i was like oh no what if i ruined this hundred and fifty thousand? like if i didn't have insurance hundred fifty thousand dollars for the surgery uh, insane what if i messed it up and then i went to get my x-rays done and the doc like a month later and the yeah. doctor was looking at the x-rays and i'm like terrified and the doctor goes hunter will you be honest with me and i said yes he goes did you masturbate and i said I'm so sorry. How could you tell? And he goes, there's cum all over these x-rays. Uh, no, my back was fine. Uh, I didn't fuck anything up. And I didn't masturbate inside the room. Hunter. <laughs> Remember how I said I'm not going to get deep with you? Hunter. This is not the conversation I thought we were going to have. But also, I'm not mad at it. Yeah. You know, I'm just playing catch up. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's... Wow. Any, what else do you want to know? That's what's really going on, huh? <laughs> Good Lord. So now you have a strong back, a thick ass. <laughs> <laughs> you can still come. Yeah. You, you, Some would say too much. Po podcasts are going great. <coughs> well. Well, great-ish. You're not, not making money. But <laughs> um, you just did a show I saw on Hold Instagram. On. I got the coffees. Yeah. You came a little bit? Every time I cough, I come now. Um, <laughs> There's a side effect of the surgery. Yeah, we got to turn the air on. It's a little toasty in here. Does it get, is the air loud? Yeah, a little bit. 
That's okay. You a little don't have bit. To turn on. I got. I brought. You know what? Why don't you just pop that shirt off, Hunter? I brought. Laser Let's just see the abs. You know. You don't want to pop see it off. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to see it. I'll show I see it. it on Instagram. You know what I mean? Damn. Crazy. I've never had visible abs in my life. See, here's the thing. They're don't, under there. Don't look at me and think that like, okay, well, if I do what Hunter did, I've had abs my whole life. I just haven't had muscles ever in my life. So now that's like my whole goal is I just want, I don't want to be as skinny as I've been for yeah. my entire life. Yeah, you want to put on some. I was very insecure about being skinny. Like my whole life, very insecure it. about yeah. it. And like, then women would say, oh, you're so skinny, you know, and like think that it wasn't as, it wasn't. Like an insult? It's the same as me walking around and calling someone who's a little overweight, being like, oh, you're a little overweight right now, huh? Like, emotionally, for right. some people, it's the same feeling. Yeah. Um, so then I was like, I'm going to work out. Yeah. No, I get it. That's like changed my life for the better is like consistently working out because I'm, I'm a skinny boy by nature, too. Yeah. It's like if I don't work out, I don't get fat. I shrink. I like disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I just shrivel away into a little boy. Yeah, but you're a cute little boy. You with your little haircut on that show. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down. Did you watch Ned's? Yeah, of course. Fire. I watch Ned's all the time. Uh, it was part of the Saturday rotation or whatever day it came out. Tight. Um, are you still wanting to act? Yeah. Uh, Just not anything with emotion. Well, even with emotion, I think I could do it. Like, listen, get me the part and I will do all the classes I need. Yeah. It's just doing the classes to get the part. That's a lot. That's a lot of betting on myself. Yeah. And I don't really want to do that. <laughs> like I walk into a acting audition. I feel like I'm going to shit my pants the entire time. It's like yeah. the scariest thing in the world, but a hosting audition or selling a show. I'm like, I walk in being like, this thing's already mine. Yeah, guaranteed. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Okay. I get that. That doesn't go away. My like nerves for auditions don't go away. Even doing it for like 20 years. Really? Yeah. Then I'm not, yeah, then I'm never going to do it. Uh, <laughs> but here's here one thing I started doing stand up and yes. I will say it's funny our acting class I'd always been nervous even in acting class. You know you get nerves before you go up and do For a scene sure. in front of, you know, 15, 15 people pe you yeah. know really well. Yeah. Um and I uh I I went I was every day class was tough and I was like, you know, all right, I'll do this. And like some scenes I did really well and I liked acting and everything, but then other days it'd be like a challenge and I'd be like, all right, this is a struggle. This is hard. Yeah. But every day I was nervous. And then I went and did stand up for the first time right before one of our classes. And I went to this tiny room with like seven old people all waiting to go up and do their horrible material. And I did horrible. And it was just a horrible experience. But when I left, it felt like I just got out of like a cold plunge for an hour. Like my mm. body was euphoric in terms of like every bit of adrenaline and every fight or flight drug in my body yeah. was at full blast during the thing. Yeah. And then I went to acting class and I had never been more calm. And that's when I realized that there is something scarier than acting class. And I yeah. was like, and honestly, that's probably what I need to be doing if it's that scary. Amazing. I love that you're doing that. Stand up frightens me. Like – and I do a lot, I've like performed singing in front of a lot of people, which is super vulnerable, all that. Like, and I get nerves every time. Stand up frightens me. Yeah, it's terrifying. Holding the room and it's like you sink or swim and you know the feedback is immediate. Either oh. they're laughing and there's joy in the room and there's this energy or you're just like sinking <laughs> and struggling and you know it's you. Oof. It's such an intense and I still get nervous before I do stand up, but sure. I will say there are like levels now where 
Now, once I figured out like my first good five minutes, yeah. I knew that if I ever did five minutes again, I could always be okay. Nice. And then I got 10 minutes and I was like, okay, if I ever do 10 minutes, I know I'm okay. Nice. And then now that I have like 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, well now I can start playing because I've, I've established, I've done probably like 20 shows with my good 10 minutes. Awesome. That I know that I'm funny. And so I'm now no longer worrying if I'm that funny. That you have to prove that I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happier to go bomb now that I've learned I can do it. Awesome. Also, is this in the shot? Nope. Okay. Nope. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of... Excuse me, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> I stopped. Yeah. That's Hollywood, baby. <laughs> um, I love that. I love the art form of stand-up. I've never wanted to do it myself, but I love listening to stand-ups talk. I love hearing about the journey. And they all talk about, like, you must bomb. That's part of becoming a stand-up, and you learn so much. And that makes sense that acting class was way less nerve-wracking after that i think it's kind of like singing in a way where you have a piece you're presenting like acting and music are more similar than acting and stand-up because it's like yes when you're on stage you're gonna do a thing and the audience is gonna just watch and they don't have to react every second yep. in fact most scenes are like you know in an acting class three minutes similar yep. to a song and then at the end people clap perfunctorily is yep. that the word yeah uh they clap because they kind of have, have to, to no yeah. matter what yeah but obviously you can feel the energy sometimes and yeah bigger... you can feel when it's more or less but they're just sitting there they should be silent while you're doing it yes stand up silence sounds frightening i know also i will say like i went into it being like all right i'm gonna be so supportive of other stands because i know how hard it is but now like watching bad stand-up i'm like in my head i'm like get the fuck off the stage <laughs> Why are you wasting our time? And I know that I can also be that guy, I'm yeah. sure, at times. Yeah. But I've just done so much comedy at this point that, like, stand-up was the last frontier. Dude. And I'm so happy I'm doing it. And it's just as of this year, right? It's just as of, yeah, this year. You've just, like, I've kind of just yeah, watched I did it, like, start a couple times. But now I've done, like, the uh, Laugh Factory in L.A. I've done, like, these the biggest venues in Toronto now, like, the uh, biggest, like, comedy uh, uh, rooms. And it's been amazing like it's such a cool experience and it's cool knowing that like like music you get one five minutes that's one song and then you get another five minutes that's two songs and eventually you have a full show's worth of material yes and you get to just keep tinkering for the rest of your life yeah and hard. always create new like yeah i mean it's a beautiful uh art form yeah i wrote one joke recently that's uh i was talking about like you know when you're growing up and like your parents are like your superheroes like my dad was the titanic growing up like he was unstoppable but then you get older and you realize always oh, kind of like the titanic but at the end of the movie yeah like he's he doesn't really see that far ahead he doesn't make good decisions and my mom's like the titanic because she doesn't like poor people oh my god <laughs> oh my god i love it so that's like some of the new material i'm working on my mom I love it. my mom's okay with that joke actually she better be <laughs> yeah because she doesn't like poor she people doesn't like poor, yeah she better <laughs> she's got to be taken down a couple notches you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, yeah, congrats on that. And then you just did a show in uh, Toronto. Yeah, I went. Uh, so like when Nightly Pop ended, the show I did for E, it was the first time I'd been unemployed since I was 19 years old. Yep. Ever. Like for any period of time is the first time I've been unemployed. I went from 19 to 31. That's crazy, and dude. I never didn't have work. That's crazy. I know. And like That's such a run. Yeah. About a thousand episodes of television later. Uh, then when it ended again, I was like so excited, but then you just get so sad cause you've never not had work. Yeah. And I went through all these like good personal changes and I worked on all these things. And then 
I got a call that this show. Oh, I found a, a lucky rock on the beach. You don't strike me as a lucky rock kind of guy. Well, I was Hunter. with a girl and I gave her one lucky rock. And she's like, don't you want a lucky rock? So I just picked up some bullshit little rock. And I was like, this is my lucky rock. But really, I was just trying to get laid. And so uh, I put the rock in my pocket and I didn't think about it again. And I put it in the laundry room, didn't think about it. And then cleaners were coming to the house. And I was like, oh, this little rock, they're going to throw it away. And I took it. I just put it in my pocket to move somewhere else. And... When I was at the gym that day with the rock in my pocket after not touching it for a month, I get a call saying, hey, Netflix wants to potentially have a call with you about this show called Blown Away. It's a glass blowing competition that they've had for three seasons. They're looking for a new host. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to because I paint and I love art. And I grabbed the rock in my pocket and I was like, and I literally held it up in the gym and I kissed it. And I realized I accidentally kissed my fingers and I got MRSA. What's MRSA? It's a horrible disease you can get from being in a gym, <laughs> but I didn't get MRSA. I, I know, but I don't even know what MRSA is. Okay, I'll do it again. Yeah, I kissed do, it. Do something I can relate to. Yeah, I kissed it. Yep. And I realized I hadn't washed my hands and I got tetanus. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No, let's keep workshopping it. Give me okay. another one. I kissed it and I realized I got syphilis. Yeah. Yeah, I that's, think, that, I think that's the one. That one. I think that's the one. No. I think that's the one. Fire. Uh, love but yeah, it. so then, so I got the thing and we went and shot in Canada, awesome. which was uh, six weeks of that, which was crazy because I'd never been that far away from home for that long. You've never left LA for like a Not month? Not for six weeks. Yeah, I guess that's, that's that would be a long It's such a trip. weird amount of time. Like you have to be an actor or something to it's do true. a job like it's that. It's true. I realized I was like, oh, the only time I've like done that is like, yeah, for like a job or Nobody something. does that. Uh, no. You said you implemented good changes personally in your life. And then things started to shift. What were those good changes? What are you doing? <laughs> I want to know. I did a thing called, well, I had a, I had a great trainer. This guy, reached, he reached out to me when I was doing nightly pop, like, and I had my back surgery. It was right at the end of the run. And he was like, hey, I'd love to send you this free product, man. Like, what's your address? And I was like, this guy's a pervert trying to kill me. Like, there's no <laughs> way I'm going to give him my address. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then his yeah, wife. random DM, like, what's your address? It literally was that. Like, mm. It's a message request. I have and a then manager. I, I ignored it. And yep. then his wife reached out and said, hey, my husband has this great product about foam rolling for your rehab for your body. Like, and you know, he he's a, such a good trainer. Please let him send you this product. He sent me the product. He ended up becoming my trainer. Wow. For, he's doing it all for free. He's the nicest guy in the world. I love him with all my heart. He's wow. so great. His name's Chris DeVecchio. And he... Uh, which by the way, it's not a plug because he doesn't have room for people. And I always try and like help him out. I'm like, how can I do things for you? And he's like, I'm full. I'm he doesn't good. need anything. Uh, and so he, when I was going through this dark period, that plus a breakup, plus the back surgery, everything, the no, no work. And a pandemic. And a, well, it was after the pandemic. It was this year. Okay. Um, but uh, I was in this weird place where like I was, my body was going well because I was working out, but I didn't have any, like, it wasn't at the same time every day. I could just do it because I was unemployed. Like, I could right. go at 1 p.m. one day and 8 p.m. the next and the morning the next. And he was like, hey, man, I know you're working out, uh, but what's your routines? Like, what what's your routine? And I yeah. go, I don't really have one. Right. And he goes, let's make one. And so we literally did like a 7 a.m. wake up, no phone for an hour, read, meditate, journal in that time, go to the gym at 8.30, uh, supplements, Protein powder, same thing every day. Uh, do a salt bath twice a week. Uh, like all these things. Like there was like 30 things on the checklist. And it was a Google Doc that I made. And Whoa. every day I would check off everything I did. And then at the end, you could see how many you did. You could look at it and be like, that's reflective of how driven I was for my particular goals. And one thing that really builds confidence is 
you telling yourself you're going to do something and then you doing it. Yeah. And so a lot of people, like I went overboard because I put 30 things on a list. But if you're at your low, low and you just put like, hey, one minute of silence a day and you just check it off every day, eventually that'll become easy. And then you do two minutes of silence every day yeah. or you do, hey, I may not eat healthy right now, but I'm going to make sure to eat one serving of vegetables a day. That's it. It could be so small. Even if yep. I just have one piece of broccoli, eventually that becomes your new norm and you build. And yep. doing that routine changed my life. We called it becoming that motherfucker. So that's what the whole thing was. And I got like six friends to join me doing it. Dude. It was great. So you even spread it around. Totally. I love that. Um uh, I heard like a good definition of uh, confidence one time and it was along the lines of like confidence is being able to trust yourself. And mm. with that, which is like confidence is I know when I say I'm going to do something, I'm actually going to do it. Yeah. Or at least I'm probably going to do it. Like, yeah, I'm more likely to do it than not. You'll lack confidence if you always are saying that you want to do things or you're going to do things and you don't. So that's a cool way to start like showing up to yourself. I like that. Totally. There was like to piggyback on that. If you take it one step further, if you had a friend that told you they were going to meet you for breakfast at 730 a.m. Yeah. And then they didn't show up. You'd be like, OK, that's kind of messed up for sure. But if they did it again the next day, you would not give that friend another chance. You wouldn't trust that it's, friend. It's true. That's you. Right. And you're telling yourself every day. That's why, like, some people set these unrealistic goals. And maybe they could be realistic in another time of your life. Right. But, but right they try now, and go to, they try and go from zero to 100. Yeah. And there's yeah. no need. If the goal is to build confidence and love for yourself, make it easy. Like, Start even small. the idea of a salt bath once a week. Yeah. Something that's like self care, that's enjoyable. Yeah. But you do it. Yeah. Twice a week. That's all you need. You don't need to go crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't like a 30. Thing checklist like I'm a little more free flowy than like right. regimented but I know for a lot of people kind of blocking out your hours like that and having such a clear routine is just a way to um, stabilize your life I love it yeah. I the more routine my like when there are no, when there's nothing on my to-do list for yeah. the day it's such a painful thing for me it's miserable yeah. but when I look at my schedule and it's like Every hour is filled with either travel to the next thing or the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. I love it. It's my happiest days. Like, yeah. And it's also like really attractive. Like when you're talking to someone and they're busy, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm busy doing what? Oh, that's cool. I want to hang you out. You do things? Yeah. <laughs> I love it, you know? Yeah. See, um, you were um, employed from 19 to 30. I was, uh, <laughs> I think I was mostly unemployed from 19 to 30. And... Yeah, that's been an ongoing struggle in my life is when I don't have stuff going on. It's like, yeah, there's way there's always ways I can make myself productive, but it's like non-necessity stuff. Yeah. And my mind is definitely the squirreliest when I just have a ton of free time with no like I need to show up to this. And for sure, I regiment like I need to be working out regularly you know, time for meditation. Like there's yeah. certain things that I've added that help, but yes, my happy, my, my mind is the most at ease when like I have a bunch of stuff to do. Like today we're doing some pods tomorrow. I got pods. Like it's great. It's great. Yeah. The free flowy stuff doesn't work for me. It did. Like it's yeah. good. You still see results. Yeah. But like I could, I never could do it because I would ha always move the hardest thing to a different part of the day and then never do it. Right. <laughs> You know, right, like I right. needed to be regimented, like the gyms in the morning, which right. is miserable. Right. Um, 
regardless of how bubbly my fucking butt looks right now. <laughs> like, yeah, glutes, it's still miserable. It's still miserable. Oh, the gym every sucks every miserable. time. Yeah. But you never, you know, you feel amazing afterwards. Exactly. It feels good. Even if you're not in the best shape of your life, it feels good. People saying like, oh, are you working out? Or yeah. what are you doing? Like, that's such, you look so good. Yeah. Yeah, your butt looks so bubbly, Hunter. What are the you doing? The amount of fuckability <laughs> has, go- has increased right now. It has increased exponentially. What are you doing? What are your secrets? Glute kickbacks. Glute. You're doing the, yeah, the lady workouts. Yeah. Honestly, now I'm done with glutes. So now that I've, my butt's gotten this juicy. You got to stop. I got to pick something else to work on. Yeah, you got to stop or you're going to squeeze another disc, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to shit out another disc. <laughs> um... So for me, when I turned 30, uh, life kind of shifted for me. Just like my mind started shifting. I didn't choose it. My priorities started shifting. My head started shifting. Like it kind of hit hard because of the places I wasn't when I turned 30. Like you got a nice house. Things are going well for you. But (laughs) when I turned 30, I was like in this apartment, popcorn ceiling. You know, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta, Mm. there are places I want to get to that I'm not. And 30, I don't know why it just like life got more real. And after the initial like shock and struggle of that wore off, it was actually a good thing. Like it, it felt, I feel like I've grown so much in two years, um, just as a man, as a person, as a creator, being able to like bring things to fruition that I want to happen. Um, how's that? You're 31, 32? 32. Oh, we're the same age. Yeah. When's your birthday? April 5th. Oh, yeah. We're a month apart. Um, so wow. we're basically the same age. Um, did you notice a shift when you turned 30 in like how you processed your own, uh, I don't know, life? No. Really? That's your next question. <laughs> um, no, I, I, it's funny. I almost had the opposite where like I'd spent my whole life pl- like listening to my mother like with a wide open ear uh, about like what I should and shouldn't do with my money and my time and my career. Like mm. she is such a workaholic that I definitely pulled from that. Right. And so okay. when I turned 30, I kept thinking to myself, like I'd kind of been a fuck boy for a decent amount of time mm-hmm. and never lying to people, never trying to be hurtful, never, you know, cheating or anything yeah. like that. But like that idea non-committal and would say like, Hey, I'm not looking for a relationship right now. And even though you say that you're still a fuck boy. Yeah. And I thought to myself, okay, well, when I turned 30, when my parents had me, I would change. Like, I would just naturally become someone who's, like, ready for a relationship. But then you realize that you're in Los Angeles and you have a job and a nice house and you could date hot people for (laughs) – not anybody. I've gone turned down plenty, but uh, you could date really gorgeous people for the rest of your life. Like, there is a fear, like, if you live in, like – the Midwest in a small town that if you get to 30 and you haven't picked someone, everyone else is married. Yeah. Yeah. The options are out there. You're done. Yeah. You know, in Los Angeles, in this industry, there's not that fear as much. If you're working, if you have things going, if you don't have things going, it's almost like you're more scared. You're like, I got to find someone to settle down with. (laughs) But I turned through and I was like, Oh man, no, like it took me like another year to be like, oh, I turned 30 and I didn't change. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, it's not like this thing that happens at a certain age. Like it's you sometimes need to make decisions. Like you cannot wait for your body and your mind to change the way it is. Like you have to acknowledge like, hey, right now this is who I am. And if I want to change, I have to make the change. There's no magic number or date that's going to come that's going to fix this thing. Mm-hmm. 
And then I kind of did. See, that's kind of, that's kind of that. Like, that's kind of what happened for me moving is like, okay, there are problems in front of me. There are places I want to be that I'm not. There are problems in my life, things I'm not happy with. Nothing is going to solve it, but me confronting it and myself. And like, what are my habits that are leading to this life? Like all of that. It's like, it was like taking more responsibility for what I want and what's in the gap and like, how do I motivate myself towards it? You know, there's a, a really interesting thing that I started doing uh, like this year, which is, and I, it started physically, right? So like I was working out for the first time and sometimes one of the great things about exercise is you learn that you can manipulate your life in a way where you can see results. Because sometimes career-wise, you can work and work and work and then you and never see, see change. anything. So true. But with your body, it, it's, it doesn't happen right away. But if you work out for three months, you will see changes. Absolutely. And so I started learning like, oh, you can manipulate like anything. So like, for example, my butt, legitimately, I know I've joked about it, but yeah. I had a pancake butt. Yeah. And now I've got an absolute dumpy behind me. When I back up, it beeps. That <laughs> was a huge fucking like win for me. That was so crazy because I didn't think it was possible. Right. And then I started thinking, okay, I started looking at my body. And I was taking these progress photos for my trainer to look at. And he was pointing out my areas. And I was like, okay, well, instead of like just trying to work out every day and do like build overall, what if I spent more time working on the areas that are the weakest mm. and I just focus on the, I'll still do everything else, but like the first part of my workout every day is going to be that yeah. no matter what I'm going to do my shoulder. I had, I've dislocated my shoulder a bunch. So it's like yeah. shoulder strengthening every day to bring it back and down. Yep. Or, uh, again, calves are like a thing that a lot of guys have small calves. Yep. Do that at the beginning of the workout. Yep. And then I realized, Oh, I should do that in my life. I should mm. look at my life and go, Hey, Say you're unemployed, right? Or you, or even you're stagnant. Say you've been at the same job for yeah. five years. You just don't know what you want to do with your life. If you don't have a clear plan in front of you, like you don't know exactly what you want to do and you don't even know where to start, like how do I even figure There's just so many people have that moment where they're like, what do I even do now? Yeah. Look at your life, write down everything that you want to fix and pick the thing that needs to be fixed the most even if it's not the most important thing yeah but think about the thing that would make you the happiest maybe the thing that like for example for me uh like waking up early was one on the list for a while um doing stand-up was the number one thing that was the most scary mm. and i was like i just have to do that and now the fear i have with stand-up is one one hundredth of what it was when i first started mm. everything gets easier the more you do it yeah so literally pick the thing that scares you like look at that list and go what scares me the most and just do it don't overcommit and say well i'm gonna do a world tour of comedy yeah no go do an open mic if you if it's working out Go to, to buy a dumbbell if you don't even want to go to the gym right. and do it at your house. Do Pull up on YouTube a workout that you can do. Get granular with it if you want and just see results there and just learn yep. that you are in full control of your entire destiny. Fire, man. I have for sure found that with working out as well. There's something so tangible about it that you can look at a body part and go, I want that to be stronger mm -hmm. and you do, you focus on it for a little while and you see the results. Um, yeah. I love that. That's been the journey for you. That's been a huge part of the last like five years for me is just like working out at least 80% of the year working out steadily. I'll give myself some, 
some leeway, right? Yeah. Um, but as long as I'm doing that, it, it's taught me so much about life. Also, you're like stressing yourself when you're working out, but let me stress myself with form so that I become stronger from it. Like what a tangible learning of life. Yeah, and there's you also know? one of the other things I love about working out is that, you know, sometimes before you start, some, like especially working out, like you think, okay, well, I'm going to start and it's going to be hard, right? And it is hard. And then you think to yourself, well, I'm barely, like say it's like a squat and you're squatting 100 pounds. And you're like, this is hard. And then you think to yourself, well, one day I'm going to be squatting 200 pounds if I keep going. Think about how hard that's going to be. And the truth is it's way easier yep. squatting that 200 pounds when you're ready to squat 200 pounds than it is the 100 pounds in the beginning. So just know that however hard, whatever you're working on is, the more you do it, the easier, easier it, it will get. Yeah. It's almost the same too. Like it, it's not like ideally you're still working just as hard, but there's a comfort, there's a confidence, there's like a joy. Yep. It's only positive things that come from repetition of behaviors you want to increase. Yep. That's the cool thing too with working out is like you not only see it physically, you see it in the weights. You're you move up in weights. You're like, oh, I need to lift more weights. Keep track of to your feel work. the same thing. It's it's amazing. Yeah. You're like, I can see my progress. And that alone to build confidence. No matter what you want your body to look like, like just working out and feeling progress with that, even if it's just running and you're like, oh, I can run farther. Uh that is such a great like foundational uh what did someone call it on this pod before? A keystone habit, someone called it. Um just like foundational life habit that you can build from. And so that's been yours, uh building your your big fat dumpy. Yeah, and I'm trying to lose weight from my penis right now. <laughs> but I don't even know I don't even know how to do Just it. Just too heavy? It's hurting my back. <laughs> oh my god. Hunter. <laughs> Good God. See, I had to compensate for how uh, that you just honest spoke we got. Real? Yeah, I didn't like Why that. Why does talking real make you uncomfortable, Hunter? Get out of here with that. Why does it make you uncomfortable? I just, I don't love it. I think it's, uh, <laughs> I, I. Connecting on a real level? Be, you know why? Is because like, there are people who like it and I let them do it. Like, okay. do your thing. Okay. I My thing is like, I want to be able to watch my own stuff and get a kick out of it yeah. and enjoy it. And I don't enjoy when I'm being serious. Earnest. Yeah. yeah, I don't enjoy when I'm being earnest. So yeah. like even relationships, I'm like... Ooh, you must be tough to date. No. What What does that mean? It means exactly what it means. If you are uncomfortable with your own earnestness, that must be no. tough. What do you... Why would you say that to a guest? <laughs> you must be tough to date? Yeah. I First mean, of all, I'm I mean fucking what I say. great to date. Uh, I've about, heard your podcast. Think about coming home to this fat little ass every night. <laughs> you would be worried about my personality. Yeah. You'd be nose deep. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Oh anyway, my God. Uh, no, in relationships, I'm very earnest. I actually okay. open up. But okay. I do prefer to just joke around most of the time. And I also yeah. feel like that makes the earn Like, I think there are people who are earnest to be earned like all the time yeah mm -hmm. yeah and i'm like mine it's like you're gonna get it out of me but it's gonna be reluctant yeah <laughs> you'll earn it yeah and yeah. then you'll respect it totally <laughs> that's how it feels no i love that i love that and honestly eh, i'd rather i'd rather be able to if i can't joke with someone i can't we can't be friends totally 
Like, that's essential. I need that over sometimes. Like, I don't need to get deep with everyone, you know? No, not but, at all. But you've always been open and honest. Like, when we, like, when I've hung out with you, you're, you're, like, open and honest when we're actually hanging, you know? Yeah, I've been vulnerable with you, but that was during my vulnerable time. I did get you. I did scoop you up you in your vulnerable time. You got me at time. a vulnerable time. I and scooped if you, you up in my bosom. I yep. said, come here, bud. And if you tell anybody... <laughs> The sadness I was feeling. Hunter has feelings. I shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't. Hunter. No, feels, no, 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 no. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Here's I've what seen I'll, him. Oh, I'll beat the fuck out of you. You understand? You I'm try. not that guy. You could try. I'm a, I'm a callous, never earnest man. Mm-hmm. All right. Get it through your skull. <laughs> Uh, are you um, torturing anyone by dating them right now, or you're good? You're single. Uh, uh, you're dating. I'm si- yeah. You're dating. Dating, but single. You know. Yeah. I. When is this coming out? Couple weeks, maybe. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Couple weeks. I should be single. Okay. Good God. <laughs> no, no, no. no God, I'm dude. single. I'm single. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I was dating. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of. I would love to find the one. It'd be so nice. I'd be okay with it. I'm ready to settle down. Yeah. Yeah. For if sure. you, but you got to find it and feel it. And I you have can't to force find that it shit. Feel it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm at this weird point too, where now I'm 32 and it's like, I've always wanted kids, but I'm also getting to the point where it's like, could be nice not to have the little fuckers. Right. You know, it could be nice to just be able to travel. Right. Cause I have a dog right now and Already. it's a lot of work. Yeah. If the kid digs in the dirt, like my, my dog digs in the dirt, yeah. I'm going to be real mad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not an angry man. Yeah. So my anger is just going to be, why'd you do that? Why are you digging? Why are you digging? And I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe the dog was, the dog wasn't even the right decision, right? You Listen, know, like guys, I love the dog. I, I love dogs. I don't get why any of you young people get dogs. Don't get a dog. I don't understand. Why? Don't get a dog. Why? But here's the thing. When you you want to rest- be... You have a five-hour timeline before you have to get home every day, always? Yep. It's like a little ticking time bomb wherever you go. Uh, When you rescue a dog, which I rescued my dog, you have like a one-month. Yeah. Thank you. You have a (laughs) one-month like return policy on the dog because they're like, we want to make sure that that it's a good home. Fits in your home with your family and everything. But what they don't tell you is technically the return policy is forever and the drop-off is anywhere. so bad no you love your dog i've seen your dog i love my dog she's very she's sweet yeah she's I, I hope she doesn't run away but if she does i'm not putting up flyers yeah you're gonna you're just gonna let it go <laughs> no you're just gonna no, let I it love go her. she's good she's got a little tag in her uh you yeah know, you'll, little, you'll you'll track her down i'll find her yeah that's like a lifestyle shift i don't know for now while you don't have kids while you don't have a girlfriend you better be traveling and stuff we're going to france on saturday tight i'm going to france in august really yeah extend it so do it early. <laughs> Extend it a month early. A month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going for the Spotify podcast I'm doing and I get to go to that Spotify festival in Cannes and then I'm going to be in Cannes for like an extra week and a half. Epic. I know. I'm, I'm going to be excited. South France in uh, Really? In August. Nice? Yeah. Cannes? Uh, Marseille. Oh, you know Marseille. Yeah. That's amazing. Have yeah. fun. Yeah. What are you doing I there? I might, I might cut that out of the pot. I don't want people to know where I am. You know what I mean? Yo. But... um. You know, listen, you're gonna be them, fine. I don't want them to know where I am. Actually, they're not gonna be there. But um, what am I doing? I'm going to live, you know, vacation. Oh, really? Just vacation? Hang, hang with, some with a girl? Uh, some friends. Oh, so there is a girl. Oh, you no. don't want to talk about it. No, no, no. So, no, like a group of friends. Are you dating? Like, no. Uh, I mean, like, I'm 
Casual, actively do you know yeah, yeah the podcast led to some dms like the other one specifically the one with like the other ned's two people? pod with all the views yeah um, no with all the views. no no not really you um, haven't gotten dms from a hottie uh i don't know you have so no, here's the you want something crazy <laughs> i got a dm from a i got a dm from a pageant queen actually Ramy. actually Ramy gets my my growing up dms so um she's actually she, we had an incident. Ramy got sent a, a DM to our growing up Instagram, but yeah. Of a girl or a guy? A girl, yeah. <laughs> wow. So did you did you look at it? No, she got it. You but know, did you time look bomb. at it? No, no, time bomb. Oh, up oh. and out, you know? Damn. And then it says that you saw it. Oh, yeah. And you were like, yes. <laughs> she sent them. <laughs> she went like that. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> Uh, she's adorable. Ramy's the best. Yeah, man. that was so cute. And Ramy's fielding my my nudes. Um, so if you if you want Ramy to see, not my nudes. <laughs> wow. So I all I have to do is send growing up podcast nudes, and <laughs> Ramy will get them. Yeah. You can see this dumpy. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm. I'm like. I'm just gonna date for a while. Of course, it'd be cool to like feel a you know a giant uh, impulse to whatever, but. For me right now, I want my life to be as dynamic as it is. I want to take a phone call and go film something for three months and have that be my entire life. Like, I actually don't want to be in something where there's expectation right now because of what I'm kind of creating and moving through in my life. Yeah. I want it to be dynamic, which is you know, turns out not great for most partners. They're like, what? You're leaving for months and you're going to be like super occupied mentally, spiritually, emotionally on the project? Like, yeah, that's what I want right now. Yeah. So when that shifts, yeah, I want to be a dad someday. So maybe, you know, I'll, I'll The date. kids are the only thing that would put a real wrench into that. But having a partner, I think, especially in LA, there are enough people who kind of understand this life. Yeah, that's true. And I think that that would be great to find someone who's like, hey... I'm going to be gone for a while. You okay with that? And then they'll be like, yeah, I'm kind of happy. Yeah, go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how these next few years play out. I think you're going to find love, I think, probably within this, like, decade. (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God. Thanks, man. That's, yeah. Wow. I had a fortune teller once. It was part of a shoot. Like, I didn't, I don't pay for fortune tellers, but you don't strike me as that type of guy. No, it was like a reality show thing. And and the fortune teller, like, looked at my fortune. They looked at the girl's fortune, was like, you're going to find love within the next six months. And then she was like, oh my God, that's like right in time for winter. And then she looked at me and she's like, you are going to find success in three and a half years. And I was like, (laughs) what the fuck? Easy gamble. She Easy was, bet. She was right on the money. <laughs> Literally, it took me three and a half years for like my career to take the next step. Oh. And it was like everything happened the month she said it was going to happen. Like I booked Sugar Rush and I got, I had like literally three and a half years later. Crazy. Or so two maybe you got to open up to fortune tellers. She's a good one. She does like all the celebrities and stuff. Oh, fire. I don't Oh, that's actually, name. that's actually rad. I know. It's you crazy. were like three and a half years. Cool. Yeah. I was like, Shut cool up. fortune. <laughs> yeah. And it, it came awesome. true. Amazing. Um, Hunter, I love seeing you. Is this the end of it? Yeah. Um, But not quite the end because I need you to, you can answer this however you want. I'm actually frightened for the answer. But uh, we like to end these episodes with a a tip for the audience. You know, just something. Give give them a little nugget of of wisdom for life. Um, You know, what do you got? What do you got for our listeners? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) What do you got, man? Uh, my little wisdom. Um, 
you know, we worry about a lot, but you don't mean anything. <laughs> I don't know how to wrap this up. No, I Here, like, how about go this? on, go on. How about Follow this? your heart. How about this? <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a real one. Okay. We do worry about a lot. It's very easy to get caught up in things. You are in full control of your life. There's so many resources out there to figure out how to make your life better. And if you are struggling, the first thing you have to do is just look for help. And it will be there every time you look. Like you will find something in a self-help book or in an article or in a friend or in Mm. a podcast like this one. Maybe not this particular episode, but other episodes. For sure. This episode, you're just going to get fucking horny. For sure. But you will find what you're looking for. And you can legitimately make your life amazing. I love that. And you deserve for your life to be amazing. So go seek it. Go find it. Is this Um, the least earnest episode you've had? For sure. Yeah. But also fun. What's really, what I'm imagining that's really fun too is like, on the video version, people are going to be able to see like kind of th- our faces when you've started earnest and then we realize you're joking. But on the audio version, I'm like wondering how those are going to translate because you do this thing where you are saying a joke, but the tone is serious. So on the audio version, it's just going to be fun. Enjoy, guys. Enjoy. I hope I get some hateful DMs after this. Like being like, why did you go on? Why did you You're tell us to fuck ourselves? You're ruining Devin's pod. Yeah. Nah. I see, to me, like I stopped caring about all that stuff a while ago. It's great. And honestly, I love it. Like life, I I, I knew who I was inviting on, Hunter. <laughs> and um, like, it's great. Life is many things. Like you don't have to be, and especially in this industry, I I know there is an impulse from people to like, I need to behave a certain way. Oh, I'm making media. Like I need to, let me, totally. let me be my clean, let me be my most earnest. Let me be the best, ver- there's like that media training mask self that like a lot of us need to unlearn because that's not the time we're living in. We actually are living in a time where like authenticity is it, dude. Just do it, just be whoever you want to be. Yeah. Even if it's a... Uh, a thick-assed, non-serious. Yeah. <laughs> but genuinely, like, I know, I know, oh, well, not a fuckboy anymore. Okay. Please don't. Sure. Don't share that message. Sure. Uh, but <laughs> don't share that message. But I genuinely, uh, I am flattered and honored you brought me on your podcast. And I'm excited for your listeners to take what they can from this. I just hope I, I brought a smile to at least one of their faces. You brought a smile to mine. And to Ramey's back there. So... She seems like she's easy to make smile. She's doing it with a heart. In her yeah, I don't think right. Britney smiled. So that Britney, that, did you smile? Yeah, Br- uh, Britney did now. So I think maybe you smiled at the beginning once. <laughs> Britney right. smiled once at the beginning, and All then right. she was like, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect, man. Well, everyone, go check out Hunter's many podcasts, two podcasts, just and my Instagram probably his Instagram. That's where you get the thirst traps. That's where you get the abs. That's where you get the dumpies. That's Thank where you, you get the podcast updates. Friends without Ben's funny show. Funny podcast. Do you ever bring on guests? We haven't, but we were going to start, and you will be brought on. Let me know. Okay, done. Oh, come on, we talk about relationships. Well, we take callers, yeah, and people. Oh, that's so like fun. your audience can call in and ask. Like they'll have like questions about like oh relationship maybe growing up maybe we make the theme like. Uh, 
childhood relationships Fun. or something, and then it's something tied to your thing. Fun. Let's let's do something. Okay, it'll be done. great. Uh, follow Hunter on Instagram, Hunter March. Right. Yeah, at Hunter March, and then I'll be posting some live show stuff that I've got coming up, uh, hopefully in July, and then we have a big show in August we're putting together, like a big live show. And we're gonna try and tour with it. Pod live show, stand up uh, live show, what a dating format live show that I'll what? be hosting. Yeah, so all it's there's videos coming out in the beginning of July that are promoting it in the end of July, but we're gonna try and sell out theaters by the end of the year. And it's like a live, funny, so live, interactive funny dating. dating. Exactly, dude. This sounds awesome. I've actually seen. Have you posted any? Clips? Well, that, those videos with David that I do, David yes. Alvarez. That's where the idea kind of originated, and now we're going to be bringing that again. Like the goal is to do like a thousand seats by like a th- what one one thousand feet. What was that? If you don't cut that out. <laughs> um, Did one, you say feet? I didn't say feet. Um, <laughs> one one thousand seat theater by the end of uh, and sell it out in like New York or LA by the end of the year. So that's our goal. Dude, I love this idea. Yeah. I will if I'm in town I'll, I'll come to the LA. You one. will be VIP. We're looking forward to having you. Cool. I like I like VIP and tequila. Thanks. Thanks, boss. <laughs> uh thanks Hunter. Bye. Bye. Just like that. <laughs>